Hi, I'm Steve Thomas. This is Cacophony. Let's dive into some great music. But first, a warning. This music contains polyphony and devilish intervals. These episodes, this one and the next, are coming out in the Christian Holy Week, so we've got a bit of a religious music double bill for you. Of course, you can listen to this at any time. And of course, you don't need to be religious to enjoy the music. The Catholic Church has always liked keeping things secret, and so it was widely thought that this episode's music was kept pretty much behind doors for 130 years as almost the private property of the popes. Much church music is linked to specific services and particular events in the church calendar. And in the week before Easter, Holy Week, Christians mark the death of Jesus on Good Friday and the biblical events in the run-up to it, Jesus arriving in Jerusalem, the Last Supper, his trial and so on. And the week comes with some of the best music written for church use, composers responding well to the themes of sacrifice, sin, repentance and unworthiness. Maybe suffering is easier to write down than happiness. As part of the service on Good Friday, and also the preceding Wednesday, in the Pope's private chapel, the Sistine Chapel at the Vatican, under the great Michelangelo ceiling, the choir would sing the Miserere, written by Gregorio Allegri sometime in the 1630s. It's a setting of one of the biblical psalms, and it's a plea for God to show mercy. Full of acknowledgement of sin and wickedness, Allegri's Miserere is one of the best and most famous examples of polyphony, choral music with more than one melodic line. Back in the medieval days, the Catholic Church had had a big problem with polyphony, and for a time it had even been banned. Church music had to stick with plain chant. Church authorities were concerned about complexity and harmony. They felt that the complexity of polyphonic music would obscure the words of the prayers. This seems deeply ironic, given that all the prayers were in Latin anyway, wherever in the world you were, so not entirely accessible to the wider church community. And it wasn't allowed to translate the Bible into your own language. The church authorities were also concerned about harmony. It was too secular, too worldly. They contained dangerous, even devilish dissonances. But by the 1600s, polyphony was a big deal with some pieces written for as many as 40 separate vocal lines. This makes Allegri's Miserere pretty straightforward, because it's only written for two choirs, one in four parts, one in five, so nine different vocal lines. The history of music is full of great stories, and the story around this is that the piece was a secret, only heard by those at the service, and that the copying of it was expressly forbidden by order of the Pope himself, on pain of excommunication which would mean an eternity in hell for any Catholic. The 14-year-old Mozart went in 1770 to the Wednesday service, came home, wrote it all down from memory, went back on the Friday to check for corrections, and it ended up with Charles Burney a few months later, a music writer from London, and then in the hands of publishers within the year. And therefore, it's thanks to Mozart and Burney that we get to hear this, and it's not still the Pope's big secret. Lovely story, right? Not true though, unfortunately. One of the real binds about cacophony is that I try and tell you the truth. And I did think this was true, 
and I thought I'd check one last time, and up popped research that I'd missed before that debunks the whole thing, but tells a fascinating story of its own about a famous piece that's known and loved and bears little relation to what was actually written. When Ben Byron Wigfield was a young lad, he was a choir boy in the famous choir of King's College, Cambridge, and he used to sing the ecstatic top vocal line in this. He says the part he sang from looked like a cut-and-paste stitch-up of different pieces copied together, with the solo top line added in in pencil. And then later, when he was a musicologist, he was chatting about the Miserere and remembered how odd this was. And he set to some detective work, uncovering original manuscripts in museums, the Vatican's own copies, which don't contain many of the embellishments that the choir would have sung even back in the 1630s. Bernie's copy and some other copies wrongly identified as other things in the British Library, and alongside that, conclusively zero evidence that any Pope had ever banned the piece's publication. He also found evidence that you could buy copies of the music in Rome in the 1700s, and at least two performances took place in London long before Mozart ever made it to the Sistine Chapel. And what are the music? Well, it's a kind of accidental mashup in the version that people know. Alongside the Mozart-Bernie version, there's a later transcription by the composer Mendelssohn. Near the end of the 1800s, the piece was copied out for an article on church music, for a new, and supposedly definitive, music encyclopedia, Grove's Dictionary of Music and Musicians. Only the editor accidentally used part Mozart-Bernie, and part Mendelssohn, which is in a different pitch, half an octave higher. And then in 1959, it was recorded, in an English language version. And people liked what they heard, and that's the version now that we know and love. Part Allegri, part Mozart, part Mendelssohn, part performing tradition, and part editor's mistake. And it's absolutely glorious, especially the mistakenly stratospheric high notes. It's a mashup that no one really wants corrected. the feeling of listening to an angelic chorus. There's a plain chanted delivery of the opening words, and then one choir sings the text in a fairly straightforward way, and the second sings embellished and highly decorated responses. It feels like you might be sitting in heaven already listening to this kind of music. I hope you enjoy it. Click on the link in the show notes to have a listen, and then please leave us a comment and tell me what you think at cacophonyonline.com or via Facebook or Twitter. Please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast so that as many people as possible get to find Cacophony. And if you really like what you're listening to, you can click on the link and buy me a coffee. Please come back for more next time. Thanks for listening.